Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. Let's talk about the interview between Barack Obama and Bill O'Reilly that took place on Super Bowl Sunday on Fox. I, uh, I want to approach this from two perspectives because I think it'll be very, very instructive to us. I want to approach it, first of all, um, as a guy who does media coaching and writes speeches and uh, has a firm that works with people on leadership and public relations. And then second of all, I want to approach it as a political statement, as uh, what it was intended to be, which was an exploration of political ideas in America. Uh, the, the first thing that I think is very, very important for us to ponder is why in the world Barack Obama's team, uh, his staff, his PR people, his press room would um, actually allow him to do that interview on Super Bowl Sunday. Most of you probably didn't see it uh, because you were heading into F- Super Bowl festivities and wow, what an unusual Super Bowl. Um, but it had a little tradition to it. O'Reilly had interviewed Obama before on Super Bowl Sundays, and uh, it had gone fairly well. In fact, the first one was a little bit of a love fest. Um, but let me just say that you, if you have a message to roll out, if you are standing for certain principles and certain beliefs, public relations is simply a way to extend that message. It's not just image management. It's not just distortion. Um, it is the way that you manage the, the delivery of that message to the public. And uh, I'll have to say that those who are handling, so to speak, Barack Obama are doing a pretty pitiful job. And this interview is an example. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, whatever you may uh, think of him um, and his show, is without question one of the most bombastic, interrupting, opinionated, um, hard-hitting interviewers Uh, on television. Uh, He's known for his rudeness. He's known for breaking your train of thought. He's known for having more to say uh, than an interviewer actually ought to. Um, He's not, frankly, as much of an interviewer and a journalist as he is a a pundit, somebody who proclaims their own views. And so in this interview, uh, you had to know going in that given what's happened in the administration in our history in this last year, year and a half, you had to know that he was going to be uh, hard hitting, that he was going to be rude, that he was going to uh, come at you about Benghazi. He was going to come at you, um, obviously, about the economy, that uh, he was going to come at you about the rollout of Obamacare. I mean, these are just obvious. Um, the president wasn't really ready uh, to take on the charging bull. Uh, he wasn't uh, demonstrative. He wasn't. Uh, he was. He's always articulate, uh, but he, he did not come with fire. He did not come willing or ready to stand down a man like uh, O'Reilly. Um, and it was uh, a pretty pitiful interview from the president's side. Um, he did not articulate well a message. He was on defense the entire time, and you have to ask yourself why choose. Why would his handlers choose to have him interviewed by Bill O'Reilly on the Super on Super Bowl when what's better for, quite frankly, PR for presentation of an image is that the president's involved in the game, that he's shown watching the game or he's at the game or he's with the players or he's in both locker rooms or do what other presidents have done. Identify with the great American pastime, enjoy it, celebrate it, be part of the people. Um, instead, The president, looking cool, calm, and collected, sits with Bill O'Reilly 
and uh, plays rope-a-dope, <laughs> the old boxing term, um, with this pugilistic interviewer. There were about 2,500 words spoken in this interview. A thousand of them were Bill O'Reilly's. That, that means that Bill O'Reilly spoke a th- almost a half, thousand of the 2,500 words said in this interview. That's insane for an interviewer. He interrupted 42 times, and the entire interview took 10 minutes. There was very little to gain on this day uh, for the Obama team and very little to lose, and I believe he lost it. For, the only thing that's a saving grace uh, for the Obama side is, of course, that there are very few people watching Fox on a, on a Super Bowl Sunday, even though, of course, the, that channel carried the game. I, I think what's, what's very revealing about this interview um, is the tenuous nature of the Obama administration represented by Obama himself. Um, he has always been aloof. He has always been a cool customer. Um, but he, at the same time, is making some huge strides um, and, and at very and making a marked difference on the country and uh, not in very positive ways in some cases, um, and yet will not just forcefully and fiercely defend what he's doing. If you're going to roll out Obamacare uh, during a recession, when the majority of the country statistically does not want it, and it's and it's proven to be um, it's 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 of questionable benefit. Now I, again, I let me just say quickly, I'm a guy who's just right of center, and I do believe that the federal government does have a compelling interest in the whole delivery of medical care, and that doesn't lead you immediately to socialized medicine. Uh, so I'm not a hundred percent anti. I am a hundred percent anti the way this Obamacare was rolled out and when it was rolled out and uh, what it demands of people. Uh, uh, but that's, I'm just saying that, that I'm not just ragingly anti the entire issue of federal government having something to do with the delivery of medical care in our very complex uh, and medically sophisticated age. So uh, if you're going to do things like that, if you're going to uh, become virtually an advocate for gay rights in this country, and uh, if you're going to become a mouthpiece um, for for the gay community in this country as president sitting in the White House, uh, you you better come well healed, as they said in Tombstone. You'd better come uh, ready to play. Uh, you can't sit back and be the intellectual, you know, slightly retiring, passive aggressive, coy uh, kind of guy sitting there being interviewed. You better come and be ready to to, to fire away. If I'm going to be interviewed by Bill Riley, I'm going to be ready to stand him down and say, no, 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 no. You need to listen. You need to listen. You're talking too much. You ask me a question, I'm going to answer it and refuse to move on unless the man listens. You've got to come ready to beat back the bull. And, um, and he wasn't. And this is the thing I think that's frustrating a lot of Americans. Have your principles. Uh, believe what you believe. Articulate what you believe. But, but be ready to battle over them. Uh, Bill O'Reilly came with the with the things anybody who watches politics n- knew he would come with. Again, Benghazi, Obamacare, etc. Um, and the president did not give great answers. Was on the defensive. Um, was overly gentle. It's a day he should not have been there. Sunday afternoons not a time to be doing an interview with Bill O'Reilly when it's Super Bowl Sunday. And so what it showed is that this administration behind the scenes is trying to rewrite America, but is unwilling, it seems to me, to have an open debate and to engage in that debate fiercely. I actually think that there are some things that President Obama has done well. There are things that have gone well on his watch. Um, And much of what he says 
about posit- about things that I would agree with. For example, African-American families or uh, men and their responsibilities, things like that. Much of that goes unreported. Why doesn't he bring it to the fore? The camera's not going to turn off when he starts speaking. Uh, he often commands whatever cameras and microphones are in the room that he's in. So this was a very odd experience as far as I'm concerned. It was odd that it was scheduled. It was odd that it was allowed. It was odd that uh, the higher PR, the, perhaps the greater symbolism of the day was lost uh, in terms of how it could have benefited Obama. Um, and it was odd in the sense that any idiot would have known that Bill O'Reilly was going to come, his rude and bombastic self, and of course, press the issues that conservatives are concerned about, uh, much, most of which I share. Um, and that uh, then that what would be, have been better would have been for Obama not to come as the cool re- uh, retreated, you know, somewhat um, disingenuous college professor president, but instead come as the, the, the man with the bully pulpit, come and take over, come and dominate, come and make news by the way that you beat back Bill O'Reilly, um, whose arrogance the president has said in other contexts, uh, you know, reaches to the skies and make your case, make your case case. This is what we need from our politicians. We need for them not to be doing what they're doing uh, to impact the country behind the scenes and then doing all window dressing when it comes to being in front of the camera. State your case. Fight back. If you believe that Benghazi was not an error or um, a criminal uh, misdirection on the part of the administration, make that case. If you can defend the rollout of of Obamacare at that time in that way, Um, even with the incompetence of the actual technology, make that case. And the thing that probably most uh, disturbs me about Mr. O'Reilly's performance is we need journalists who force the the our leaders to make their case to state their position to stand their ground and the kind of bombastic interviewing that mr o'reilly engages in um, is one that yes of course puts uh, politicians on the defensive but it's not intended to draw the man or the woman out it's intended to daunt it's intended to press a case it's intended to be argumentative and and while there's certainly a place for that i sit on a lot of uh, cable news shows where there's arguing going on i'm i'm fine with it in fact i think it's healthy but when you're interviewing a national leader certainly the president you, you need to draw them out force them out of their lair force them from their uh, little fig leaf hiding places and press them to make a case. That was not going to happen in 10 minutes, and it was not going to happen given how Bill O'Reilly approaches an interview, which is to ask a question uh, and give you three seconds to uh, maybe think about what you want to say and then launches into his own diatribe. I, I think American politics deserves more. I think that the president should insist on more from his PR team. This was badly scheduled, badly planned, badly executed, and a foolish misuse of time on the administration's part. And I think Mr. O'Reilly should be seen as a man who's got a case to press rather than an interviewer. Why would you meet with him on Super Bowl Sunday? So what's the moral of the story? Let's have the great debate. Let's argue it out. We've never had, we've not had a president as much a representative of um, the political left in America as this president. Make your case. You're articulate. You're college trained. You're a constitutional law professor. It's time. It's time for these things to be debated and discussed openly. This was this was a, 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 an exercise in illusion on the one part, illusion, not illusion, and it was an exercise in bombastic right wing punditry on the other side. And frankly, it profited us nothing, 
and lost us much that would have been good from both sides. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author and popular speaker who coaches and advises leaders worldwide. To learn more about Stephen, log on to stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote and performed the Rockin' Podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production. Chartwell is ingeniously led by Beverly Darnell Mansfield. As a result, all rights are reserved. For more information, contact us through stephenmansfield.tv.